0: Hey folks, how you doing? It's Elias here. I'm so sorry we're late for episode 14. Um, my parents were in town. It was awesome to have them, but they were staying in my guest room. However, for 95% of the year, that guest room is also called our recording studio. <laughs> so unfortunately, um, we could not finish the recording and the editing in time to release. So it is a week late, but I promise you it's a good one. We had a lot of fun recording it. The next one will not be delayed. So we'll not be out in three weeks. It'll be out in two weeks. So we're still sticking on schedules. Just this episode is a little late, but welcome back. It's beautiful to have you. Um, take care of yourselves. Enjoy the show. And uh, I don't know, just feeling really close to you right now. Like, uh, like you're all my best friends. Enjoy the show, best friend. No, no. All right. I'm going to trade you two sheep for that wood. Tell me, honey, does that sound good? Because all I really want to do is take away longest road from you, yeah. Welcome to these Tabletop Sessions. Welcome to the, welcome to the, welcome to these Tabletop Sessions. Hello, fellow gregarious geeks and gamers. Welcome to the 14th episode of the Tabletop Sessions podcast, where we talk about all things tabletop related that have been occupying the hearts and minds of this international group of gamers over the course of the last three weeks. My name is Elias. And with me this week are a couple of jingo brain grifters and a dame that are looking to tip their mitts about some board games. hey eh?
1: Hello, Dima here.
0: Hello, this is Ippo.
2: Hi, Baron here. Baron there. Baron everywhere. <laughs> oh. One of us had to step up. One of <laughs> us had
0: to be the hero. That was amazing. That we all deserve. <laughs> I, yeah. What did you guys think about my uh, noir accent? Do you think I can replace the guy on the dictation of... uh,
1: That guy's amazing. You were pretty close, though. Yeah, you're... I felt like I was almost there.
0: You're setting the bar too high. (laughs) 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 You jerks. Uh, Well, welcome, everybody. We're here to talk about some exciting board games. Also, we didn't go to Gen Con, so don't expect anything about Gen Con from us.
3: I'm sorry. We're so lame.
0: We'll be there next year. I'm pretty sure we'll be there next year. So... Look out for that in
2: 12 months.
0: Yeah, go 2020.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so
2: some exciting news has come out of Gen Con. I've been looking at the Instagram pages of a few of the board game heroes in the world. And one of the exciting things that I saw was this new system called Taburu. It's being released by uh, Simon, And it's basically like an interactive system for your board games.
0: Yeah, I think the main idea is um, it's basically a mat um, that has some sort of like pressure or RFI reader, Sensors, RFD yeah. reader in it. Yeah. And they're going to be creating games in this system. So I think you're going to have dice that are connected to this system. So they're also RFD dice. You have RFD chips and your little minis. All the boards have RFD chips. So let's say, I guess the one they're promoting is a new zombie side game. Mm-hmm. So you you lay out the mat. And as you put the mat on top of this, pressure RFD reader, it starts picking it up and showing that map on a iPad or a computer. And as you move your pieces, it recognizes you moving your pieces. When you roll the dice, it knows the results of the dice. And it basically plays out the story or whatever it is. Or, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. On that screen as you are doing the same thing. It, it's super cool technology. I'm not sure board games are the best way to use it. I have quite a few put thoughts on it, but first I wanted to hear what you guys thought about Taburo.
4: Okay, I want to say that this is a revolution for board gaming, I believe. Uh, we will see it more clearly in uh, some years. But uh, for now, the first thing that I can say is that this thing can be your DM in any game, like uh, uh, mm. Mansions of Madness or a Detective or Sherlock Holmes. And... In the future, imagine if you don't need to ship a board game, if you don't need to ship the cardboard. Okay, so you the, just so, download so, the file. Yeah, exactly. So, so the yeah. cost goes so low that you can instantly have anything on your table. So imagine that.
2: I, I have to agree with Epicrates um, on this. I think this is quite an innovation in terms of gaming, it really drives narrative storytelling to the next level. With real time sounds, real-time locations being flipped, it takes away a lot of the drawbacks that was with mentions of madness and it gives you that you're in the moment feel.
1: For storytelling games, I I like it. I really like in detective just when we just play the story and the person saying it with the accent and the sound effects and it's it's great. It's immersive. Um I just I don't know how it would be with Euro games and taking, like, games that don't really have a story but have a theme mm. to this, like, video game version with effects. Yeah. Um, so, because we have, like, Euros, they're, they're in BGA, you know? Like, or other that's, online gaming that's websites. not the same thing. No, but I mean, if we were, like, if Epo's saying it's a revolution, if the next stage would be just buying some kind of tablet that's like a screen that you put flat on your table and then you play the board game like we were saying, you can play it in thirty minutes. Like you don't have to set up like Tera But then Mystica. you're playing a video game. Exactly. Like you're it it takes away from playing a board game. And it's just transferring your TV to a dining table, which I felt takes away from the interaction of board games and using your imagination when you're storytelling and just being a part of it, not just sitting and watching it get played like with video games. So...
2: But I feel like yeah. you're missing the point, Dima, that this is targeting a completely different market to the Eurogamer. It's not mm. to. It's not there to play heavy strategic games and save time and setting up. It's for the family that wants to really immerse themselves in the game that they're playing
0: i agree completely Mm. with byron but i want to play devil's advocate for a second um first of all i don't think it's going to save costs at all i think you're gonna have to buy more shit because you're gonna have to (laughs) buy minis that have these rfid unique rfid chips in it because if you have a mini that's a guy and you're playing it and you're pretending to use him as an elf or a dragon or whatever when you put them on the board, it's going to read him as a guy. they are unique mm-hmm. chips on it. You're going to have to buy more and more stuff. It's going to take away from substituting minis for each other. Secondly, I have a game called Golem Arcana. Mm-hmm. And this is where my argument comes against it. Um, I love Golem Arcana. I think it's a great game. But I think it's a great game. Golem Arcana is a miniatures game that, where the computer does all the calculations for you. So you don't have to sit there doing a bunch of math. And, but it doesn't have this technology, but all the miniatures and little tokens do have RFID chips in them, but the way you scan them is not through the board, it's through these light pens, these wireless light pens, which you connect by Bluetooth to your uh, iPad or whatever. And you literally just tap the icon or tap the miniature, tap the location on the board where you want it to go. And it recognizes everything. I love the game. It failed miserably like mm-hmm. i bought every miniature available to it because the company basically put this game out of its misery and just sold everything for super cheap so now i have everything but um it's a solid game it had a lot there but people were thinking i want to do the i want to do the cal- I, I like miniatures games because i like to figure out the minute the calculation i like to know what's going to happen i don't want to go and say okay now it's going to calculate the landscape bonus yeah. and see what happens and then it all of a sudden tells me i have a bonus for the landscape i want to know that now you could know that in Bula Marcana, and i can play it without the app because i know the rules so well but lots of people cannot and they rely solely on the app doing it for you um i will say the one the thing that's working for it that didn't work for Golem Arcana is the dice rolling was a big issue in Golem Arcana. people felt It was unfair that you would just press the button and it would give you your dice roll. Mm -hmm. Um, People like the actual physical dice roll because they think, like people think, like I know for a fact that I cannot roll (laughs) dice well, (laughs) you know, and so that disadvantage is taken away. I thought that
1: was really cool.
0: Yeah. And and actually my dice rolls in Glomarkana are really good Mm -hmm. because of that. So there is a model there that has failed in the past. They need to look at this and they need to learn from it. Um, with regard to using it for something like Eurogames, it would only be good if they used it to um, get a bunch of calculations um, going. So, for example, not a Eurogame, but t- take a look at um, Banner Saga, okay? The the online game, uh, the the actual video game, the battle is very complex. It's like six layers of stats. And you have to subtract and add and multiply stats. And that's the best part of the game. For the board game, they knew that would take too long. So they simplified it to a gold, silver, and bronze Mm -hmm. rank. So gold can hit a silver, you know, Mm -hmm. silver can hit a bronze, Mm -hmm. and so on. Um, But they they missed um, a lot of that intrigue of that, you know, tactical combat that happens in there. If the computer could help... Do some of those calculations and you could add those stats into a game like banner saga without taking you out of the narrative to do a bunch of math on a piece of paper then they have something there mm-hmm. so it could help with more serious games euro games and so on and help with narrative games
2: yeah so i i see your point on that um my biggest concern regarding this kind of system is what sort of entry price point are they going to come at because mm. if it's three hundred dollars mm-hmm. i'd rather spend that on a playstation or, <laughs> True, you, you know True. it's it's very hard to justify spending that much money. True, and yeah. how
0: much of the stuff is going to be usable between several games? Yeah. So, is it just the minis I have to buy because that's one thing, and on the boards? But if every time I have to buy a new set of dice because these custom dice are just for this game, you've just yeah. put my price up, especially that they're RFID chip dice mm-hmm. and so on. So, yeah. mm-hmm. I want to agree with all of you and. Uh,
4: especially uh, what you just said, I mean, if you can buy a bunch of meeples that you can use for uh, all Mm. the games Mm. and uh, let's say then you can play Terra Mystica after this podcast in 30 minutes because the setup is there and you just uh, need to use the uh, the pieces, the right pieces. Would you think that this is a convenience Mm. for the board gamer that doesn't have a lot of time and
0: I, I think that's not what it's for. I think Byron is right. I think what you're talking about is a board game app. Yeah, I agree. We can do I, that now. Like I, I have Termisco on my phone. Exactly. You can so, pull out your so, phone and we could pop it out. But what it's supposed <laughs> to help with is the narrative element, right? Mm-hmm. So in Mentions of Madness, you have to sort of tell the app, you have to click on buttons as to what you're doing, right? But if you just move the guy through the door and then the app was like, "Boo!" something jumps through the door, yeah. that's cool. It directly responded yeah. to your physical action. Yeah. You know, that's it the cool thing. It keeps you in yeah.
1: the narrative of the game. And it, keeps it could you add
0: complexity yeah. to a game without pulling you out of it. But yeah, you're really right. How much it costs is a big deal. What the benefits are, how much they can apply. And I it.
1: still think Gola Markana, the fact that you had to like pick your guys, like pick your team, and then.
0: That was the best part of the game.
1: But I feel mm. like that narrows it down to the. No, Warhammer is huge.
0: That, uh, people oh, build their true. armies. It's, uh, yeah. I think mostly it was the theme that narrowed it down. Uh, people wanted a generic fantasy thing.
1: Okay. Um,
0: anyway, you don't want to run on too long about it. That was Taburu, a new evolution in board games from Simon.
4: So, guys, uh, there was another game that uh, uses an application, and we played last week. Without the application. Without the application. <laughs> 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 and that's Cryptid, which is published by Osprey Games in 2018 and designed by Hal Duncan and Ruth Vivers. Uh, art by Quan Chai Moria.
0: Quan Chai Moria, yeah.
4: And this is a game that we were trying to find and buy in Essen, as I remember, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and play in Essen, and
0: we failed miserably. Well, you did try High Society while you were waiting. I think you guys enjoyed it quite a bit. So <laughs> it's not a total failure. So That's true, yeah. And we have Cryptid Now. so
1: Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Elias. <laughs> so for the people that know
4: Zendo and Tobago, or is it Tobago? I don't know. I'm not sure about it. Uh, it's a game like uh, these two. It's a game about uh, deduction, where you're trying to find... A rare uh, species of uh, an animal, right?
0: Yeah, uh, um, a
4: semi-mythological creature. (laughs) (laughs) By having... uh, Each player has different information on where this uh, creature is hiding. And if you combine all this information, there is uh, an only uh, space that uh, uh, it, it can be. So the, the deduction of this game is, uh, how can I say, it's amazing that uh, if you uh, combine the information coming from the placement of the other players and uh, sometimes what the other players say or do, you can uh, deduct where uh, to try and uh, seek. But at the same time, all the others can do the same. And this is what was uh, mainly the complaint that I've uh, read in the BGG. So I want you to read what one board gamer said. Uh, his uh, username is BoardGameCo. And his concern was, he, he's saying, as a perfect information game, there are three ways this plays out. Option one, is that multiple players figure figure it out at the same time, and then turn order comes into play?
0: That's never happened with me. I've played seven games so far.
4: He's but okay. kind of right. I mean, it's it's possible. Uh, yeah, you if play. you're literally
0: waiting until there's only one spot left. But yeah,
4: option two is that you realize the flaws of option one, and therefore you make an educated guess before perfect information is achieved, and thus win or lose through a guess. Mm-hmm. which is what we should do, <laughs> I guess, in theory. <laughs> and option three is that you simply are better at analyzing the perfect information than the other players, and you therefore win. And he says, it's this option that I'm scared of.
0: Which is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kimco, but you just said, I'm scared of somebody being better at a game than me. Like, that's the whole point. I, I don't know. Uh, so
4: this game could be at some point like Tessa, I guess. I mean, we have played this game how many times? Like I've played times? it seven times. Oh yeah, and I have played like five. About five. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. we're not in this level yet. <laughs> but I don't know if at some point we're gonna reach this level. I don't. I don't know what you think, Dima.
0: Well, I, I have a couple of, of things to say. She never played it. She's right? never played cribbage. Oh, I, I, yeah. I asked the wrong I, The wrong I, have Sorry. A, I have a couple of things to say about cribbage. <laughs> One, it's a fantastic game. Um, two, I like that you compared Zendo and Tobago. It's a, it is a weird combination of the two because you're trying to figure out the rule of each player and find it on a physical map like Tobago. So the rules like mm-hmm. Zendo, the map is like Tobago. Um, and it's really a clever system. Like they, they put a lot of information in very few components, right? Now, I have another comment um, to argue with Board Game Co. <laughs> From our Instagram page. So first of all, this guy said option one is that multiple players figure it out at the same time. I find that that's very rare. Because you're not waiting until there's only one option on the table. What's good in this game is you are trying to figure out, based on the patterns of other players, what they're avoiding and what they are going for. Mm -hmm. So based on that, you're like, well, clearly, Ipo's always saying no on mountains and ocean spaces. Mm -hmm. And every time I ask about swamp or deserts, he's saying yes. So it's most likely his rule says it must be on a swamp or desert. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I'm going to rule out everything else. My rule says this. This leaves three or four options. Now let me look at the other people to narrow it down. That's the whole point of the game. You're not supposed to wait until there's one spot left and then turn order matters. Option two, he says, is that you realize the flaws and therefore you have an educated guess. This happened to us once, A guess. It wasn't even educated.
3: <laughs> it was Ricardo just, just happened random. to search in a spot and it was there. <laughs>
0: And I, I, I made a comment about it, and I said on my, our Instagram page that it was the one bad experience I had with the game. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of changed. Yeah, but what are the chances of and that happening again? And listener, BoardGameGuru77, commented an amazing comment which changed my perspective on it. He said, surely that's not a bad experience. You've invested almost no time. Just play again. <laughs> and he's right, because, because if someone randomly guesses, that means you've been playing for under 10 minutes. Yeah. If, somebody, if you're playing Which 20 minutes, someone's going to have figured it out by 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's a short game. So if you have a random guess, just play another round. An educated guess is what the game should be about. Exactly. And option three is the whole point of the game. If you're good at figuring out what people are doing, that's a good thing. You shouldn't be afraid of this option. You should embrace this option. And the last thing I want to say about Cryptid, other than I absolutely love it, and I think it should be in everyone's collection, um, option three, an uh, no, option three, last thing I want to say is that I am so impressed by how they designed it. I'm so impressed that every scenario you take and you build a special map, okay, then based on the number of players, each player gets a booklet, which has hundreds of clues in it, and it tells you which number of clues is yours in the booklet. And when you combine those four clues, there's always just one single spot on the map. It's so cool. They probably used Excel or something, but it's brilliant. <laughs> and I just, I think it's such a, I think it's brilliance in design. I think it's a really brilliantly designed.
4: It's really game. cool. I just want to clarify, not to clarify, it. I want to guess that maybe the option three that he's referring to is that maybe in this kind of games, somebody can be really better than somebody else. So like you're not willing to play uh, chess against Kasparov because there's no point Oh God! <laughs> maybe that was his point
0: are there people that are better than each other in Terra Mystica of course do you think that's a bad thing about the game
4: not at all exactly uh, so the last thing what I a like, silly bastard I would like to add <laughs> one more comment for from the user Patman one who says I enjoy this and won't turn down a play but I probably won't suggest it it is a thought provoking and rewarding but if i have 3 or 4 friends over for gaming i don't want to sit nearly silently for an hour
3: <laughs>
4: which is it's i would an, say it's not the the, the way not, we are playing yeah, this.
0: like i mean not at all <laughs> we, we spend every other turn being like are you sure you're not lying yeah <laughs> it seems like you're lying
1: <laughs> like i was playing great western trail next to you guys and You guys were talking the whole time and laughing and and just giving each other these weird looks and calling each other. We were looking at
4: each other and we're saying, I think Elias uh, doesn't go to the desert. What do you think, Ricardo? He was like, yeah, he doesn't go to the desert. We were looking at at Elias to see his reaction.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) And then you'd look at me and say, are you sure you understand your clue? Yeah. And I'd say, yeah. And then I'd pick up the book and read it again and be like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I totally get my clue. I remember
1: that one game you guys were playing with Sergio. He he just came in and joined the game. Yeah. And then because it took you guys so long to find it, you guys kept looking at Sergio and being like, Sergio, did you get yeah. you get? And your then sum? he won that
0: game. So it turned out you we were just morons. And <laughs> I do have a complaint hilarious. about the game. There's not enough cubes in the game. Um, yes. I've played it seven times. It's not a lot, but twice of the seven. Uh, a couple of players have run out of cubes or
3: disks. <laughs> you guys
1: took a deduction. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, 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 yes. <laughs> Damn, homie. <laughs> okay,
4: <laughs> just one final... You guys uh, aren't serious. <laughs> one final comment. I want to clarify that I picked up these two comments from BGG because I love the game. So these were the devil's advocate. Okay, that, that's all. I mean, the game is amazing.
0: Guys, go and play. it. And it's cheap. And that was scripted. Harriet literally like finished it and said, my parents would love this. Won on Amazon in the UK and bought it for like 23 pounds or whatever. Awesome. And she now is going to go play it with her parents. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's,
1: and uh, I honestly, I'm really surprised because you and Ipoh are like the two heaviest gamers in our group. You love war games, two player, GMT. And the fact that you guys love this game so much.
0: We keep really, picking it over everything. Really, like,
1: <laughs> put me in awe.
0: People keep going, Elias, I brought this game for you to try. Great Western Trail, for example. Yeah. I brought this game for you to try. I'm like, yeah, but they're playing Cryptid next. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I have played it seven times in a week or in two weeks, rather. And I'm down to play three, four more games tonight. Like, I, I, I really love uh, yeah. this game. Yeah.
1: So moving on to Great Western Trail. It's published by Spiel. And stronghold games in 2016, designed by Alexander F- Feister. <laughs> <laughs> Feister. Feister. Oh, okay, so he's a designer of Mombasa, uh-huh. I Love Sky, uh-huh. Broom Service. Yes. Which, uh, <laughs> <It's> all right. <laughs> okay, so actually, Great Western Trail has over 20,000 votes on BGG, and Honestly, I was surprised that it was ranked 10th out of over 100,000 games. I was just like looking at the description. I just wanted to read about people's comments. And um, people really like herding kettle. <laughs> like, I, uh, I was surprised. So, um, for the people that haven't played the game, um, the game is based in the Americas 19th century. You're a rancher and you repeatedly herd your, carol, your kettle from Texas to Kansas City. So you're just going around like this trail over and over again in the game.
4: May I say that this is weird? <laughs> I mean, as a theme for a game, guys. You're just <laughs> doing a loop with your hair. I mean, okay. it's.
1: Yeah, like. Um,
4: I guess it's not for the Americans.
1: <laughs> Makes sense. Okay, so I guess. People really like it. I just. Um, I, I can't Timo, explain it. We play it.
0: games about running trains. Like uh, one of my favorite games is Yakitori, where you're just grilling meat. Okay, that's true. like
1: No, no that's but... nice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and don't forget the dress game. It's,
0: I, I, I got, think like... I think being a cowboy in the old west and shipping and because you know like I herding really... cattle is really hard. It was an adventure. Think about how far they had to herd the cattle.
4: And this meat for yakitori should come should from... Comes from Great Western Trail,
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> Honestly, it felt like a long way in the board game too. <laughs> well, it
0: was. You used to do it across country.
1: So um, <laughs> so once you're in Kansas City, you send off your kettle by train for money and victory points. And basically each Say player... cattle, kettle.
0: Say it again. <laughs>
1: Kettle? Is that what you want me to say?
0: <laughs> yeah, I made, I have this kettle. It made me a lot of tea along the way, but gosh, I, I need to sell you this kettle.
1: <laughs> okay, so you have a deck of cards and they're all cows. <laughs> and um, like each player on your turn, you have, you always have four cards in your hand. And basically the cows have a value. So starting when you start the game, all your cows have a value of one or two. And then throughout the game, you can buy more valuable cows. Because when you reach Kansas City and you're shipping off your cows, the more valuable they are, like the more money and VPs you'll get. So
0: what constitutes a valuable cow?
1: Um in the pictures they were different colored there cows. Is. There Racism is. in cows too. No, there is, yes, it's true. Yeah, yeah, there is. It's and it's it said true. on the yeah. cards.
0: Is that why Jersey cows are the lowest, the cheapest? <laughs> oh sorry, Basil. <laughs>
1: Vessel actually won that game, so... Well, he's uh, from Jersey, he knows. I guess they really know their stuff. <laughs> so, um, basically, on the way to Kansas City, you can hire cowboys, cat craftsmen, <laughs> engineers, and these guys make things cheaper for you. So they make buying cattle cheaper, building your buildings cheaper, and, and then expanding the railroad road line. So, my opinion on the game. Um, I honestly... Really enjoyed it because it's interactive because the the track, like the the roadmap, like the way from Texas to Kansas City, it's buildings. You have to stop at buildings. And each, like the players build the buildings on the way. So... um, Like Kayla's. Yeah. And then if you go through another person's building, you have to pay them money. And so... The like placement. Kalis. I don't know
3: Caleb.
2: <laughs> I agree with Dima. I love Great Western Trail. I like the idea of how you place your buildings. It it reminded me not so much of Calus, but more like Monopoly. So if you land on someone's hotel, you're gonna pay. Ooh. <laughs> that's what I like that's what I liked about it. And I found that yeah. you should just get your train as far as you can on that track. And if you do that, then you should be pretty good
0: yeah it doesn't remind you of Kaylas because you still don't know the rules of Kaylas, even though we played a whole game (laughs) um
1: and i i really like that if you place your building strategically people are gonna have to pay up a lot um turns out i was being really cheap i only built cheap buildings and buildings score for a lot of points Mm. um Basel ended up winning by like double one of our No, but scores.
0: I, I was next to you. I don't know the game. Um, mm-hmm. I know I love the designer. Uh, Mombasa is one of my favorite games. Out of Skies is a terrific game. Mm-hmm. But I do know that I, I really want to try but also that I was sitting next to you guys. Basil scored more than you guys in every category. It was not like there was one category <laughs> that he did better than the rest of you. Oh, He just okay. completely dominated you in every category. Yeah, do you know why? Too. Is there an imbalance or was it just because he got the game fast? He knows the thing.
1: Um the thing <laughs> is He,
0: he knows, knows like Jazz. Yeah. You you can <laughs> only from there. There
1: there are a few neutral buildings that everyone can stop at, but then all the other buildings you can stop at. You can only stop at yours. You can go through other buildings, mm. but you can only stop at yours. So if you build your buildings strategically in a specific order, and get the needed discounts from the recruits. Like the more efficiently you can run that track, the more points you'll get. So he kind of nailed it. Okay. And uh, we didn't.
2: <laughs> from what I remember is it's a bit of an engine building game. So once you get your, mm-hmm. your engine going, you can just snowball out of control.
1: Yeah. Because he would do like he built one of these buildings where you can you can do the action on that building and then move another two spots. I see. So he could do that action and then another oh, action cool. on the same turn. Yeah, like that's he cool. was really good at doing these combos, like Byron said. So also I tried to thin my deck down, like sell cows, like get rid of cows that were cheap and then keep my <laughs> valuable cows so that they can come back faster into my hand. And that didn't work. Ricardo tried it a lot the game before as well mm-hmm. and that strategy was...
0: Well, I'd like to try it very much. Maybe, Ipo, if you want also, we can schedule some time with Ricardo.
4: I totally want Mm -hmm. to.
0: Because every time I make some sort of a list on BGG and I throw Mombasa on there, everyone's like, you should try Great Western Trail. It's so much better. All right, fine. I haven't tried it yet. (laughs) Mombasa is currently very highly rated for me. And I don't think from hearing this, that playing Great Western Trail is going to make Mombasa worse. So stop commenting (laughs) on my geek lists about how I should put Great Western Trail instead of Mombasa.
1: Well, I've played both and I would say it's very different. It seems fucking completely different. And the, the market, like the... The, the stock, yeah, the, the shares, and yeah. Mombasa just changes the whole game.
0: Yeah, I, we're not talking about Mombasa. Yeah. No, sorry. I, I, I mean, I, like it I...
1: changes the whole feel. Like you can't compare the two. So yeah, <laughs> I think they just the design, they, designed comparing it because it's the same design. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I'd uh, I'd love to try it, and maybe it will go on there instead of Mombasa, and everyone can be happy. But then you'll have a bunch of people going, "You should try Mombasa; it's so much better." <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Guys, they both seem good. Great Western Trail. As much as I love games by Mr. Fister, <laughs> nothing gives me more of a bang than games by Eric Lang.
1: <laughs> Woohoo, Eric Lang! Oh,
2: and speaking God. of the famous Lang, he's got a new Kickstarter coming out called Unk, which will be part of the Ancient God trilogy that he's sort of been working on with Blood Rage and Rising Sun. Now, not much art has been released for this game. hmm and we don't know very much at all about it. But knowing Eric Lang, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to have great minis. And it will have huge financial resale value.
1: Guys, anyone else has weird feelings about this name?
2: <laughs> um, we, we do have
0: some pictures of the minis. Ooh, so nice. So I'm just going to show you guys. Oh. Wow.
4: So it's a continuation awesome. of the good quality of uh, *Rising Sun*. I guess. Yeah.
0: Well, that's the thing. It's the exact yeah. same team. Not only is it Simon Publishing and Eric Lang designing, it's Adrian Smith it's doing the art, cast. and uh, the same team doing the sculpting for the minis. So it's—I I find it weird that they're calling this a trilogy because the first game in the series was actually *Chaos in the Old World*. But I guess because it wasn't cool mini or not, mm-hmm. uh, it's not yeah. part of the trilogy. But it's the same sort of system. Um, I, I love Blood Rage um, I think Rising Sun is a terrific game and I think they're very different even though they have that uh, this, this is very similar elements between the two my main question about this game is I know who's going to buy it, it's going to make two and a half million dollars on Kickstarter Okay, but if you have Kemet right you have the theme down because you are literally buying the services of higher monsters. That's what you do in Kemet. If you don't have Kemet, if you have um, Rising Sun and Blood Rage and Kemet, Ankh feels like something that you already can sort of replicate within your collection. It depends how, how unique it is, but I'm just going based on, it's, a, it's an area control game where you're like hiring monsters. That's exactly what Kemet is. Plays in about an hour, hour and a half. That's exactly what Kemet is. Um, Has like um, different like god powers. That's exactly Kemet. So, and no luck in the combat. That's exactly Kemet. So Kemet, there's a lot to Kemet, you know. And Kemet has a couple expansions. So I I don't know. I mean, once I I know this is going to be successful and it's probably going to be terrific, just like the first two games. But um, just for everyone else out there, if you don't want to spend $150 on the Kickstarter, you know, you could probably get Kemet for like $40. You no, know, know, like, I mean, it's there. It's a, it's a terrific game. It's Kemet is still there and Kemet is still good. That's what I'm trying to say.
4: I want to say, if we're talking about similarities between Blood Rage and Rising Sun, yes. and these guys are talking about the trilogy, Yes, what's the point of having a trilogy in a board game? Why to buy a similar third game
0: of the same kind?
1: Are they talking about trilogy in terms of the team that worked no, on it? No, actually... it, it, it's
0: like his god trilogy. So oh, okay. in, in the first one, you are summoning Norse monsters and using the abilities of Norse gods. In mm-hmm. the second one, it's the same, but with Japanese gods and Japanese monsters. And this one, it's the same, but with Egyptian gods and Egyptian monsters. So mm-hmm. the, the, it's not the same game. I mean, Rising Sun and, and Blood Rage are different enough to both have a space in your collection. What they have in common is the summoning of monsters, um, the drafting of actions, um, the simplicity of the combat system. Uh, well, actually, no. Rising Sun has a very different combat system. But the, the, the fact that there's no luck, there's no dice, this is the similarities. And I'm sure it will have most of those similar. But if, if I told you that this had a new combat system that was as unique as Rising Sun's, that's pretty cool. Like we all really enjoyed the combat system of Rising Sun because it was basically a bid and you had to decide what you're bidding in and which category. Um, So I think there, there's definitely something there for it. Um, I'm a bit surprised at the choice of the theme, just again, because Kemet is so similar. If I put these two like on top of each other, they would, Fill up a lot of the same lines and the same holes, right? They're they are an area control game that plays in a short amount of time where you summon monsters with an Egyptian theme, and are good. So I feel like maybe they could have gone with another theme other than Egyptian theme, just to get the uh, you know excitement going a little bit more. I don't know. That's just me. So, yeah. but uh, but uh, I'm happy to try it. I won't back it. Like, I haven't backed the other two because you can buy them for a reasonable price afterwards. And uh, that's it. That's my perspective. Um, Dima, you haven't tried Blood Rage. You will back it.
2: Of course. I always sell them afterwards.
0: That's true. You did get nothing. He did sell Rising Sun for a pretty penny at Essen. (laughs) So,
2: if we do come to South Park, we No,
0: he keeps it in shrink so you can sell them at Essen.
2: (laughs) It's a great idea.
0: Anyway, it looks, the art is beautiful, the miniatures are gorgeous. Ankh, Gods of Egypt, hitting Kickstarter, end of 2019. Look out for it. Um, Speaking of Kickstarters, I recently got a Kickstarter that I'd been waiting for for a while. Detective, City of Angels. Um, I kind of backed this game on a whim, because Dima loves detective games. So, <laughs> That's um, an understatement of yeah, the year. Yeah, like Sherlock Holmes <laughs> Consulting Detective is your favorite game. Um, you love escape room games. Um, I was so excited to buy Detective, a modern crime board game. And then I just, I was disappointed by yeah. the writing. Um, but before I was disappointed by that, I just said, heck, I'm just going to back it. What's the worst that could happen? I'll trade it. So in comes the game and we try this game. We've played it a couple times so far. Now, it's published by Van Ryder Games through Kickstarter. It was released this year. We started receiving it a few months ago. It's designed by Evan Derrick with gorgeous art by Vincent Dutré. There's two major ways to play the game. There's a lot of smaller variants within it, but you can either play with a chisel or without a chisel. A chisel is kind of like a game master. Their job is to take care of the underground, lie to you sometimes, be honest with you sometimes, gain leverage against you, use the leverage to make sure you can't get the information you need. But the main task of that person, even though they win if everyone else loses, I feel like the main task of that person is to make sure everyone has a good time. Like if someone feels like they're always stumbling into the wrong information, the chisels should sort of help them get into the game, you know? The other way to play it is using the sleuth book. This was particularly made for solo gaming, but you can play it as a co-op and just use the sleuth book, which replaces the chisel. It changes some of the rules, but the main story is there. Um, The base game comes with nine cases, each of which would probably take a couple of hours to play. Mm -hmm. Um, I did back the expansion, Bullets Over Hollywood, which was an additional four cases. So I currently have 13 cases. Um, What do I enjoy about this game? First of all, the theme is phenomenal. It is an L.A. noir theme from the 1940s. Um, where you're just a couple of hardball detectives, uh, gumshoes looking out to solve the crime and find out, who whatever. I can't do it.
1: Ipoh's accent is
0: the best. It attempt at an accent is up. phenomenal. Thank you. Um, and I was so impressed with the writing. It, yeah. it, it's so good. First of all, unlike Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detectives, so far, there are no spelling mistakes. Zero. And no grammatical, so far. <laughs> well done. So far. <laughs> and unlike Detective, a modern crime board game, the writing is great and engaging. Like, mm-hmm. instead of just, at the end of the day, what you're trying to solve is you're trying to find three data points in the game, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's what you're trying to solve. But it tells you, instead of just saying, okay, Dima, you solved it, instead, it tells you, read out the epilogue. Yeah. And nobody's like, just tell me if I got the answer and then read out the epilogue. No way. Everyone sits there and goes, okay, read the epilogue. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh no, I missed that completely. That happened. So that happens in the game and it's an amazing theme with phenomenal writing. I really like the competitive nature. Um, For example, I, I, I saw one piece of evidence and I really reacted strongly to it. So Dima spent a ton of money and effort (laughs) to look at that piece of evidence just to flip it over and realize we both already knew that was the case. And she was so pissed off at me. She did whatever she could do in the game to make me go after some information that wasn't important as well, like blocking me from snitching on it, uh, being Mm -hmm. like raising her eyebrows. So he actually went there. So I went for it, and it was completely useless information. (laughs) And I like that competitive, playful nature between detective
1: okay I'm gonna be honest with you when you first bought the game and you were trying to like sell me on it yes I was really iffy about it because I I like the cooperative nature of Sherlock like I like the fact that we're all sitting and trying to solve the case together and you
0: dislike Watson and Holmes which is a competitive version of Sherlock. yeah
1: so I really I was very uh, iffy about it I wasn't mm, I wasn't sold but I, was, I said, okay, like we'll try it. And after the first game, um, the story is there. So um, Watson and Holmes, what I didn't like was that it was just sort of snippets, like these little scenes here and there. And there, there are these big holes in the storyline. It's not coherent. Mm. And this game... This game just knocked it out of the ballpark. I don't know how to say that. Knocked
0: it out of the park, see?
1: (laughs) Um, Like the end. So Elias won the last game. And uh, I was like, so then I was like, oh, what did you answer? I was so curious. And then uh, he's like, no, Ipo should read the story. And I was like, yeah, yeah, let's read the story. I'm so excited to find out what happened. And you you really feel Mm -hmm. like a detective. And it's like yeah. me and Elias were both the detectives and ipo was the chisel and he was, he was leading us on yeah. in some answers and then giving us the right answers in others and then at one point I'm like I'm going to this place and you have to give me the right answer and then so he he gave me the right yeah, answer. Yeah, you used your leverage yeah. on that And um, he person. was like, oh, how did you know I lied? And I'm like, everything pointed one way. And this one freaking answer you gave me you in the, the beginning of the game, like the first answer he gave me was wrong. And and I just, I loved it. I, I, I
4: want to say that uh, you said before that it makes you feel like a real detective. And I remember Dima saying that at some point she, she couldn't find what, what the hell is going on here. And she says, <laughs> Now, I understand detectives where at some point they go with one victim and they say, Okay, yeah, he's the cop. This guy is the cop. <laughs> yeah, fuck this guy.
0: Yeah. Whatever I can yes. find to throw in this. This,
1: yeah. this damn case, yeah.
0: I'm done. Oh yeah. can
1: <laughs> <laughs> She said that out loud. He guy. seems guilty. Yeah, now I understand
4: detectives that they say, Okay, That's give amazing. this judge, guy to <laughs> the get this guy out it of was, my sight!
1: I really felt like a detective and I really liked how yeah. we were racing for the answer. We were kind of helping each other. Like yeah. I would listen in on your interviews. You would listen in on some of mine. You'd be snitching and
0: I, yeah. paying people at the precinct to give us information we shouldn't be getting. And um, I, I also like the flexibility and replayability. What I mean by that is even though it's a consumable game, which is its negative, there's only 13 cases. Dima, if she had another group now, she could play as a chisel, yeah, for case one or case two, 100%. and she'd she'd still get a great. And is what well, another point I want to get to is I really like being the chisel, like I love being the detective. I loved it. But I had a great time as a chisel. I didn't feel like I was separate from the
1: game, which is very uncommon. It's, that's very true. Yeah. Sometimes Most you feel like you're facilitating yeah. it
0: because you get to lie to them. Yes, <laughs> yeah. you feel like you <laughs> can choose <laughs> when to lie. to yeah, them. exactly. But <laughs> you were the chisel and a uh, detective also. What do you
3: think? I feel
4: it was like eighty percent of the excitement of being a detective. <laughs> what, what, what would you say?
0: Without the fatigue of running down streets. <laughs>
4: And I want to point out that this game has no grammar mistakes, and everybody knows how important so grammar mistakes for for board games.
0: <laughs> I'm such a jerk. For me, it matters. You can barely speak English. That's why.
1: I really used to aggravate him. And somehow him in I invited Sherlock. you to put me on. I
0: invited you on my podcast. Here are the negatives because I'm trying to be fair. Ultimately, this is a consumable game. I don't think that's a very negative because by the time you've played it, you've put thirty, forty hours into the yeah. game trade it with a huge smile and on your face. Nothing is, is, is damageable. Nothing is like, well, nothing is like uh. you don't rip any cards. It's not a legacy game. Yeah. You can trade it in it's entire. Unless you want
1: And the upcoming to. cases look freaking huge. Yeah. They look so, tough. Yeah, We've only done the
0: gumshoe cases so far. We haven't done the veteran and hard boiled cases. Mm-hmm. And the last thing, it's not really a negative. It's kind of a positive, but also a negative. Um, from the first case to the second case, There was some theme story that ran from game one to game two. That's amazing if you're playing with the same group.
1: Because I felt like I was in the same world with you guys. If you weren't
0: there and I put Byron to play game two. Yeah. Don't you think that I would have had some more satisfaction out of that game than Byron would, for example? I don't think this is a negative. Yeah. I just think, I I do want to say it is richer if you play most games with the same group. Yeah. If you play as many cases as you can with the same group, true. you will definitely find a richer experience in it. But or, that's not to say you cannot.
1: Yeah, yeah. And if you don't want to, that person to feel left out, they can just read the last stories. <laughs> true, they could just read the before episode. before you <laughs>
4: that's better, that's yeah. And Byron and, has played this game
2: for real, right? <laughs>
4: oh yeah.
2: And you'll also develop each other's FBI skills. So if you're ever looking for another line of work. Boom. That's true. Well, we're not good enough to be FBI. We're like crummy LAPD.
1: It's like at the end of the game we realized that we didn't, uh, the first game we played we didn't even go to the crime scene. Like we just went and started interviewing No, it people. was like halfway
0: through the game and I was like oh, we never went to the crime scene. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then in the Hand second your guns we... and
2: badges. <laughs> like you do, you do yeah, realize you're not very detectives. good as a detective. So
0: anyway, I don't want to go on and on about it but as you can see, we're all kind of very positive about Detective City of Angels. Barn, I'd love to try it with you sometime. But um, for all One you day lucky show bastards, <laughs> all you lucky bastards that got this game, enjoy it. And for those that don't, see if you can get it because we highly recommend Detective City of Angels from Van Ryder Games. Highly. Guys, you know what time it is?
1: What time is it? It's time for the game
3: show of the oh! week by our. Oh!
4: I want to apologize from people listening to this podcast.
0: How much is this game? How much is this game? I really need to know.
1: Welcome to How Much Is This Game? I'm going to give you the, the name of a game that was nominated for 2018 Golden Geeks Awards.
3: Oh. And.
1: Some crazy item I found on Amazon slash eBay. And you have to guess which one is more expensive. And it's one point per question. And the one with the most points wins. If there's a tie, we'll get to there. Byron, you ready to go first?
2: Give me those questions.
1: Okay. So (laughs) your first two options are a nose-shaped pencil sharpener and... (laughs) Party game runner up crypto. So the pencil sharpener looks like a nose and then you stuff the pencils up the nostrils.
0: <laughs> to be fair, this is and what I do in my free time. So it of looks like you're picking your nose. You sharpen the
1: pencil. Don't do this at home guys and don't try your own noses.
0: <laughs> this is how I get the really big boogers out. I just put it in and spin it around.
1: So Byron, <laughs> what's your answer? Which one's more expensive? Well,
2: the first nose-shaped object that I wanted to buy was a tiki head tissue dispenser where the tissues came out of the nose. <laughs> <laughs> so based on my previous research, it was purely scientific.
3: <laughs>
2: I'm I'm going to say that the nose sharpener is more expensive.
1: Oh no. Oh, it's a bargain.
2: It's a bargain.
1: <laughs> the crypto- <laughs> But it is a bargain, and now you can add it to your tissue dispenser set.
3: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> okay. So, the second question is: Byron, still with you? A ghost in a jar.
2: I'm losing. Lo- 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 okay. <laughs>
1: or best war game: Hannibal and Hamilcar. So a ghost in a jar is g- just a jar. So, <laughs> so one second. Yeah, uh, um, how big this is this jar? jar? Is, it, is it a mason a jar? Is it a to, <laughs> the man believed to con- it contained a ghost, and he put it up for auction on eBay because it was terrorizing him. But the it- seller claimed that he would not be held responsible if the thing escaped the jar, and that all sales are final. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was it like a little mouse ghost, or was it like an elephant ghost, or a human ghost? Because that would really determine the size of the jar.
1: It was a dark ghost.
0: <laughs> no, but
4: because uh, the ghost could be condensed. What's there, really so scaring me is the, the particles. The oh,
2: I see. I'm sorry. I'm not a <laughs> ghost poster.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah, to, to study physics. To okay. Know. Okay. What's really
2: scaring me is, is for those that can't see it at home, is the jar she's put up is like a little medicine bottle with a cork stopper. <laughs> now, now go- ghosts will just go right through that cork. They ain't going to hold <laughs> sure. them back. Korks that are needs a, a real rubber oh, gasket kind of seal
4: <laughs> no Byron you me no Byron not even wine can go through this <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah I, uh, come on Ipo
0: and everyone knows ghosts are like wine <laughs> <laughs> they're of uh, course they're oh. were...
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay Byron so what's your answer before this goes on for too
2: long <laughs> look if it's more than Hannibal I'll, I'll kill myself I won't actually but <laughs> I'm I'm going with Hannibal and Hamilcar.
1: Oh no! Of course, Byron! it's the ghost. Buyer. What? Byron? That's a living
2: thing. Oh no, that's
0: insensitive. Oh.
1: <laughs> so actually, listen. Okay, you were pretty close. Oh no, I can't tell you the price. ghost is priceless. No, it's wrong. The <laughs> ghost is priceless. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh. next, Ipo, you're up. I okay, think I'd, so. I should go
2: and join this ghost.
4: Uh, before you say something I want to say scythe
3: <laughs> it's
0: an expansion let
1: me go through it so number one is Kamaputra book with 52 mind-blowing ways to poop okay the picture is <laughs> this guy sitting with his legs crossed on a toilet seat okay just for visuals I love it so think about it you've probably been pooping pretty much my the Christmas exact present. same way <laughs> <laughs> your entire life. Isn't it time to switch things up a little bit? With Putra, you can learn 52 <laughs> new ways to go, number two, as you seek poo nirvana. Oh my God. Who knows? After you master all 52 progressive pooping poses in this book, you may even be inspired to invent some of your own. <laughs> so, <Jeez. laughs> I thought that was amazing, guys. Anyways, Ipo, what do you think this, was more this expensive? This podcast
0: really went into the toilet.
1: Scythe expansion. Ah! Ah! The, <laughs> the winner of best expansion, Scythe, the Rise of Fenris expansion.
4: I will go with Scythe, the Rise of Fenris expansion. Ooh. That gives me the 52
3: ways to get screwed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ipo, you get one point. Ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. Okay. Next. I'm not gonna the say gift- too much
2: about Kama Putra, but Elias, this better be in my stocking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the gift of nothing. Is so, that just packaging? Note to buyer. <laughs> it's just a package and then there's nothing in okay, it. Okay,
0: so this is actually just offensive to me. Like <laughs> we have a problem with too much packaging in the world. You just put packaging and sell the packaging. It's not cool. I but... guess there's a cause, right? Can you tell us what's the... guys?
1: Yeah. Note to buyer: What do you give a person who has everything? Well, the gift of nothing. If you do receive something, <laughs> ask for a refund. <laughs> so, oh. people, you have the gift of nothing, or. Best strategy game, Brath, Birmingham. There's
0: no way.
4: I thought that the gift of nothing was going to my ex-girlfriend or something. So, so that was the purpose of it. But yeah, well, we not, only don't have an ex-girlfriend. But no, <laughs> not even my ex-girlfriend knows it. But <laughs> but the thing is that this, if it goes to this person that have everything, then it should be. More expensive than brass Birmingham, so I vote for nothing.
1: Uh, Ipo zero. Oh. <laughs> uh, brass Birmingham is more expensive. Well,
0: yeah, but I was like, how could? There's no way you could. How much could you charge for an uh, whatever? I'm, I'm just really angry. <laughs> this one, t- this I'll one upsets guys, me. This I'll one, tell you
1: guys the prices in the end. This
0: one really upsets me.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay, Elias, oh. you're up. So for now, Byron has zero points, Ippo has one point, and Elias, we'll see. Ugh. So, <laughs> no, you Elias have has
4: zero
0: points. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nicolas, <laughs> we know that now.
1: Nicolas Cage reversible sequin mermaid pillowcase. It's the stuff of your dream. First of
0: all, this is amazing.
1: This is so amazing. It's so good. <laughs> you just swipe one way.
0: Yeah. You just mermaid. imagine I want everything on you these have, lists. Per- you, you have a friend over, and you just put the pillow on your lap. It's just gold sequins. And then while they're telling you a really important sad story, you just run your hand across <laughs> it. It's just start caressing it. Is-
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, and it's going up against runner-up for best family game, Welcome To.
0: Welcome To is cheap. So... I mean, this Nicolas Cage thing (laughs) looks super classy, so... (laughs) (laughs) If it is less than welcome to, I'm buying one tonight. So I'm going to go with Hope and go with the Nicolas Cage Reversible Sequin Mermaid Ding, 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 ding. Nice. So
1: the pillowcase is more expensive. Next, you have...
0: Oh, Tima. What's wrong? The next one.
1: Okay, so the next (laughs) one... (laughs) Unwanted Brussels sprouts. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. here for Chires Dan Alam. Has kept the Christmas spirit alive not once but twice by auctioning off the uneaten sprouts from his holiday roast Ew. and donating all the money to Make-A-Wish Foundation. Oh, okay. What a good uh,
4: guy! Right, okay, but, okay? I'm pretty, but I'm pretty sure they're pronounced sprouts.
1: <laughs> so, so he takes a picture of a disgusting place of Brussels sprouts oh. and then he he writes.
0: First of all, any picture of Brussels sprouts is a disgusting picture. Of Brussels
1: <laughs> and then he writes the well-looked-after sprouts which will hopefully go to a good home
0: sorry <laughs> you know so what funny. would work really well I can't is if it. you bought this for a friend and then also bought the kamaputra
2: 52 <laughs> 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 can, uh... what okay. i'd like to know is do you have to pay gift tax on that Brussels sprout donation <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'll check for you probably not
0: okay so it's it can going be up again
1: stomach against best two-player game, Keyforge, Call of the Arkans.
0: Look, Keyforge sucks. I played it, it sucks, okay? It doesn't suck as much as Brussels sprouts, but it sucks. I'm hoping that people are good enough to just donate that money to the Make-A-Wish Foundation and hopefully did not get those Brussels sprouts. <laughs> so I'm gonna say unwanted Brussels sprouts was sold for more.
1: Ding, 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 actually not a lot more.
0: That's unfortunate. So, so, I was hoping yeah. it's all for like $20,000. So
1: Elias was the winner with two points. Bravo.
0: Finally, back to the way things should be.
2: <laughs> it's because they sponsored the sprouts, sprouts, not spruits.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Brussels sprouts p- sold for $41. That's... People I mean, are pretty cheap. They didn't... but. Yeah, they didn't. I hope you didn't send the Brussels sprouts. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know; it doesn't say. (laughs) But. um, But why to buy the
4: Brussels sprouts and not donate directly your money? I
0: think (laughs) it's a joke.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You
0: would, you would get it.
4: Uh, (laughs) No, I thought thought some people wanted to eat them.
1: Okay, so the gift of nothing (laughs) cost nine ninety nine. So you're basically paying for the packaging.
0: That's insane
1: the kamaputra book costs wow. five dollars that
2: is worth it and it's going to be in byron's <laughs> stocking this year i want it the
1: g- guys uh, i'm ghost Looking in...
2: forward to it <laughs> Wait, kamaputra guys Kamaputra five and scythe expansion
1: uh, byron if we get you that book we're waiting for number 53. <laughs> <laughs> expectation <laughs> okay guys ghost in a jar I'll, cost I, 117 be bucks
0: someone paid 117 dollars for a tiny jar
1: what? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and the nose sharpener, three bucks ten. That
0: is a worth it that isn't it? A- yeah. <laughs> you didn't tell me the one I wanted
1: though. <laughs> the mermaid pillowcase.
0: It's called the Nicholas case. That's nose sharpener. Probably.
1: Uh, twenty-two dollars. <laughs>
0: That's worth it. That's yeah. Worth it. More
1: expensive than so, Welcome to so though. Three dollars more get expensive. Him
0: <laughs> and I could get one of John Travolta. Then. Every now and then, I would take out the pillows from the pillowcases and swap them. <laughs> and oh then say, my God! I want to take his face.
2: Oh! <laughs> Elias, it should be on the same pillow, so one face is John Travolta, the other is Nicolas Cage.
0: No, but then how do you take it off the pillowcase and swap them around? Oh man! You just you just stroke it. You could make a day out of it.
1: <laughs> okay, guys. So that was. Game show of the week. That was awesome. How much is this game? That was,
4: great. That was awesome. Thank you. Great, thank you Dima. Ugh.
0: No, uh yeah. something's, something's bothering my ears. Does anyone what? else feel that ringing what? in their ears? What? I don't mm, know. It it a, seems to be that Greek fatigue. It's like that one song that's always on the fucking radio. And in Greece. In <laughs> Greece. <laughs> I don't think they put the song on in yeah, Greece. Greek. At yeah, yeah, Greek wedding.
1: Well, non-Greek weddings, and
0: then everyone pretends they're Greek and breaks plate. (laughs) That's what happens at Lebanese (laughs) weddings. Guys, it's the Hippocratic Corner. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
4: Guys, welcome to this. uh... I would. I was ready to say this week's Hippocratic Corner but it's, it's, it's not weekly but so okay welcome to the Hippocratic Corner.
0: Good job. You only made Ooh. that joke two out of the last three episodes.
4: Did I? Yeah. It doesn't get old Hippo. It's Go
3: fine. for it. <laughs>
4: it's a classic. As it doesn't get old. So guys for this week there is a challenge. Ooh. You need to build Ooh. a game collection with your favorite games? No. No.
3: Uh, that was not no, the challenge. that was Thank not the you. challenge. Thank
4: you. Yeah, that was a trap. I wanted to see <laughs> if you are no. paying no. attention. <laughs> no. Yeah, you're right. I want, I want you to tell me your way of building a three-game collection. So you need to say why you built the collection like that and <laughs> what are the games that are included in this collection. So who wants to go first?
0: In this... Challenge. I almost never go first, so I, I could go first. Yeah, go Yes, first. please.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, here's the correct answer. So <laughs> the way I approach my three-game collection. Uh, let's go to Byron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> no, 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 no,
4: please, please. I was kidding.
0: <laughs> so the way that I built my three-game collection is I wanted to pick obviously games that could be played over and over again. No shit, duh. Okay. Um, but the other things that they should do is they should fill multiple niches, right? So um, I use them as an example, uh, like say Wits and Wagers, right? This is not on my list, but Wits and Wagers is a party game, but it's also a trivia game, but it's also a betting game. So if you feel like a trivia game, that fits the bill. If you feel like a betting game, that fits the bill. So games that fit in multiple of these buckets are the ones I I, uh, prioritize. And also I want variability, so one thing uh, can give variability is factions or player powers. I thought that was very important. So let's say um, I play it, but the next time I play it with a different faction, I have a completely different experience. And the other thing I thought was important is expansions if possible. So um, uh, you can at least add some variability to that game. So. And if you put the stuff from the expansion in the base box, you still only have three games, so you're not cheating. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was going to say it's 3.5 <laughs> game collection but...
0: well the first one that I instantly put on there and no surprise to anybody if you like Euro games Terra Mystica oh okay? my God. so um, Terra okay. Mystica is your go to Euro game it's also an area control game it's also an engine building game it's also a game with multiple different varieties of playing but better actually better than Terra Mystica in this case although I haven't tried it to so take it with a grain of salt I would probably recommend Gaia Project over Terra Mystica. And the reason is it's 98% the same game. But Terra Mystica has a map, one map. You can buy a couple expansions that change the map. But with Gaia Project, it's a variable map. It's made of tiles. So every time you play the game, you're playing on a different map. So that adds more variability to it. Terra Mystica or Gaia Project is a good sample here. So you got variable factions, you got expansions. It's a very deep euro. It's always engaging depending on the combination of races. So if you're playing uh, against dwarves, you got to work together to make sure they don't get the largest territory because they can just skip through tiles, right? Whereas if you're playing against um, uh, cultists, then you want to be wary about how much priests they have and so on. So it adds a huge different experience every time you play. If I could only have one euro, this would be it. And it's terrific with three to five. Gaia Project, again, is good because it also includes that two-player count which might be important in a three-game collection. So I would recommend Terra Mystica or Gaia Project, depending on your preference. Um, Probably, um, even though I haven't played it, just give the heads up to Gaia Project for variability and for that two-player count. The next game I put in my collection is I wanted to put an intro-level game, all right? But you're not going to play it for that long. You're just going to introduce people to it. So I wanted a game that was simple enough to teach people who've never played, first-time gamers, but deep enough that you would want to keep playing it forever. The mind. <laughs> <laughs> and what I ended up on was Tigris and Euphrates.
3: Oh.
0: Great it's choice. It's simple enough to be a, a, a gateway game. I mean, you have three options. You can change your tiles. Yeah. You can place or move a leader or you can place a tile. That's literally all you can do. Okay? Mm-hmm. All the rules basically fit on a tiny little shield that you put in front to the hydro cubes it has a great scoring system it gives you tile laying so that's another mechanism you get to build these little cities and ziggurats and so on um, it has area control it's technically a combat game because even though there's no luck in the combat it's a significant part of the game is taking control of a city from someone else right making your leader in charge of that city and it's terrific with two three and four which i've played with all three Two is amazing because it's head to head and it's it's mean. And 3 and 4 just works really lovely. But really you could teach this to a person who's never played a game before. They might not get the strategy but they'll get the rules. And I think within a couple plays and you could keep playing this game forever and never get that good at it. It's kind of like chess. It's yeah, the really
4: playability is amazing in yeah, this game.
0: So, so Tigers and Euphrates is my number 2 option. And another one that I wanted to throw in there, Gloomhaven. So oh.
4: I was thinking Gloomhaven. Wow. Is a co op.
0: So there's your the, one thing. It's a fantasy adventure and the best fantasy adventure game there is, period. Like, it gives you everything you want skill building, weapons, armor, adventure, friendships, NPCs that have characters, storylines. And it's also a campaign game and a legacy game. But unlike most other legacy games, you can just go in and pick one of the 99. Um, missions in the base game and just play it. Just pick four characters with four people and play that campaign game as a standalone. And you'll have a great time. But the game shines as a campaign game. And you can play it with one, two, three, or four as a campaign. People can drop in and out. For example, me and Sergio have a campaign we're playing. We have a character in the box saved for Epoch. So Ipoh played one turn with us, and he hasn't joined us again. But if he ever does, we'll just pull out his character, and his character will join us again. She has a name and everything, right? The Tinker. Um, It already has expansion, so if 100 scenarios is not enough for you, there's a couple expansions out already, which expand the game, gives you more heroes, and so on. And it's really, I mean, this, it's base game. If you're doing three hours a scenario, even in the early ones, You're looking at 300 plus hours of just gameplay in just the base game. Really good solo, really good with two. People can jump in and out, can play up to four. The best fantasy campaign game I've ever played. And just something you won't get sick of because of how much things keep changing. Well, at least I'm speaking for me. So that's my three-game collection. Bloomhaven, Termes, or Guy Project, and Tigris and Euphrates. And I think... That if I walked in someone's house—not me, obviously—I won hundreds of games. But if I walked into someone's house mm-hmm. and they had these three games on a shelf, I'd say that's a pretty good collection, even though it's small and pathetic, and you should feel ashamed of yourself. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree, and I—I I want to
4: congratulate you. It, it's an amazing, yeah, three-game collection. Well done. Really, well done.
0: Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you I just did it so you guys would feel bad about yours. <laughs> thank you. Yes, and now, yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: and you. I don't feel first, bad about so mine at all. So now the burden goes to... Byron. Byron. <laughs> okay, so now time for the better list. <laughs> <laughs> I approach this as a sort of, let me pick three games that I really enjoy. And oh boy. cover different themes in terms of mechanics and designers and time. So I'm going to start off with number three, which is very light, very simple. And that is code names. Oh nice. Yes. Of of yeah. hidden I really want to hidden code game. Of code names. Hidden cards, because you gotta try and guess. So you got some deduction. It's got co-op and it's got party all in the same box. What more can you want?
0: Most of the world would agree with you. I no. see you, yeah. I
2: yeah. dig I dig that. My number two <laughs> Did game. Did you
0: say I see you? Like
1: <laughs> No, I dig that. I see. <laughs> watch the I <laughs> watched
0: Avatar
2: My number two game is a Euro game. It's also mm-hmm. a bit of an engine building game and it's a bit of a crowd favorite, and that is Viticulture. Mm. Oh, oh, nice. I thought yes. about that. Good yeah. Well or a done. Euro, yeah, great choice. Okay. So if you want something heavier than code names, you've got another choice. But mm-hmm. my number one game that. Okay, may
4: may I say that the, there is it's a jump Twilight if you Imperium. want something
0: heavier from Code Names to go to Catch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, of... did you enjoy Code Names? I have this game it's a little bit more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Byron. Yeah, my number
2: one, guys, without any Th- any explanation, is Twilight Imperium.
1: Wow. You need a
0: hell of a lot of explanation on that one. <laughs> okay, There's maybe no that. way that's one of the three games you own and play it twice a year.
1: He, Ipo said he played it you like 17
2: times in twice one year. A year yes. You can. But you've got your best friends playing it with you.
0: And they will leave not best friends.
2: <laughs> no, that's why you only play it twice a year. <laughs> My experience is that but they were leaving the house and the economy game, game ended. It's a 4X game. It's a diplomatic game. And I think that's every type of game I can think of.
0: So his list is Codenames and Viticulture, and then Once in a While. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love it. It's, it's not, epic. It's not the
2: greatest collection.
1: You're dreaming big, Byron. You know
2: what? You put your collection and money together, it got a that's dream a big. great collection.
1: No, I want to say, yeah, you can play
4: Viticulture and Code Names the whole year, and sometimes you want something heavier. And I, I don't have, think I can
0: play and and Viticulture. <laughs> but Viticulture was literally like one of the top 3 options I had for euros because it's really good with a low player count and high player counts. I think it goes yeah. from solo to like 6. Yeah. And um it's not too heavy. Like and it gives you a lot to
2: think and about. The rules are the... so easy.
0: Yeah, but and also more importantly, the visitors really change how you play the game. So depending on what visitors come out, really changes. Mm-hmm. It's a great choice.
4: For me yeah. the best thing about this game is the wine. The theme. I love the theme. (laughs) Anyway, it's, uh, I, yeah, I liked your collection a lot. I think we should go to Dima
2: now. Hashtag top list.
1: Mm. (laughs) Okay, so, I base my list, obviously, on replayability and um, plays well with different number of people um, and brings, like, um, different experience when you have different players. So, um, That's cool. The type of players matter. That's cool. And uh, also, um, I'll yeah, I'll get to that after. So um, I picked monikers in terms of party fun. Could play four-player monikers up to twenty, and assuming I could add expansion packs <laughs> <you> forever, <laughs> um, I feel like. Every experience has been great and uh, we have funny stories after each game and there are different ways you can play it.
0: I totally disagree. Just because in our group, (laughs) people are sick of monikers after like three plays. They're exhausted. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's not something that would repeatedly come back. I agree that it's some of the best memories I have and I love the game and I have Mm -hmm. every expansion, but I don't know if it would come out a lot people get tired from it you know yeah yeah anyway sorry yeah. go ahead
1: so my next game is scythe let me explain let me explain okay <laughs> of course. um okay so it's a different experience with ev- with different people just because um i've played games where there were very few battles and people were really playing um to get victory points and other ways popularity things like that, building, building, stuff like that. And I've played games where literally people were attacking each other the whole game, like the last game we played. And really? what I like what about it is that, um, you know that sheet that you can fill at the end of the game when you win? Uh, last time we played it with Ricardo, yeah. the back of it was empty mm. because it's so difficult to win with the least popularity, or with mm-hmm. the least money, or with no meeples on the board, or wow. no mechs on the board. So I felt like a game that'll give you a new challenge, and I feel like the challenges in that game are super difficult. So it would take you a while to really.
0: I think that's a really get
1: good challenge. you have
0: factions, you have expansions. Yeah, you, you even have Rise of Fenris, which is a campaign game. So you could even play the campaign game. Like, it's a great show, And it's
1: a very different experience. Like, um, Philippa had the faction where it's ba- basically military. She, mm. like, the, her board is set to focus on mechs and attacks. And because she refused to play that way, she wanted to gather resources and build buildings. She wasn't even close to winning. So mm. um, you really have to play the role of the faction you get. And so it'll change the game every time for you. Cool.
4: I think nobody would disagree with Scythe. Yeah. Yeah. It's a
3: good choice. Very
1: good uh, choice. My last choice is pretty, I don't know. S- I'm not really convinced, but <laughs> I couldn't pick just one euro. Like, it was so hard. When you picked Tigris and Euphrates, I was like. Which yours have yeah. you picked? So. Oh, I you were picked, trying to pick just one yeah, euro. I yeah. Yeah. So. And I just, I don't know. I picked Wildcatters
0: that's a great choice (laughs) just because
1: I felt like depending on player interactions the game would be different so if we're all very nice to each other Mm. no one would go bankrupt and we'd all have a very productive game Mm. and if we want to screw each other over we can over deliver and so wait, make people go bankrupt. Let really? me
4: let me make it clear. So you were sure about Monika's and Scythe but you were not sure about <laughs> Wildcatters, <laughs> the best one. <laughs>
1: okay. I just didn't know about replayability because it's I I don't know.
0: Here, here's here's how my list of ranking of demons goes: Wildcatters, <laughs> everything else mentioned by the previous two people, Scythe <laughs> <laughs> and she was worried about Wildcatters. <laughs>
1: Okay, so that's my list.
4: Great choices. <laughs> great choices. Thank you, Dima. Uh, I have to say, you all had great uh, three three. Play- three Sorry, uh, three games uh, collections. But you have a six game collection, like, uh, right? He added two uh, <laughs> yeah, honorable
1: I did... mentions, which is kind of <laughs> the
0: opposite. Of... Okay. Don't you dare <laughs> don't say honorable mention. Don't you mentions. dare. Yes. <laughs> <Don't
1: laughs> you... Ipoh?
0: Yes, I, I want to. Think I want. about the words I that are coming dare. out of
1: your I mouth.
4: I... The truth is. That when I first I was first trying to come up with a three-game collection, I was thinking all these things that you uh, said before. That yeah, maybe somebody that uh, doesn't know about games will come, and maybe somebody will uh, will uh, like to play a Euro games. So I was thinking Caverna or a party game Avalon or still New them. Game. Yeah, I'm just throwing away yeah, but, yeah. or Settlers oh, of Catan yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah, somebody. Yeah, for it. No, okay. So I was thinking all, all these games, but. In the end, I was thinking, okay, probably I'm going to play a game once a week with my friends. Uh, the player count might be from uh, two to six players. But in the end of the day, I want to play games that I really like. So yeah. my idea no, is but... that I'm going to spend an afternoon or sometimes more. And I'm going to play with uh, two to six players Games that I really love. So, I'm coming up with the collection that uh, has as first game an area control game because I love area control, <laughs> and that area control game should be, must be dominant species. Oh. There's no way you don't Oof. have you don't have this
0: game.
1: Backstabbing. There's not, a back, no. not back. Not backstabbing. Like painful.
0: It's such a painful.
1: It's game. so painful.
0: You gotta have thick skin for yeah. it. Mean, it's in my top ten <laughs> games, but damn, like <laughs> to
1: bring it out that often. Yeah, yeah. it's a okay. game I can
4: play every Tuesday. That's, let's say, yeah. Wow! If but you if you say uh, we will play dominos uh, uh, wow. for the rest of the year, yeah, we will play.
1: But you don't have emotions, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a machine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to
0: gaming, turn on his uh, emotional upgrade.
4: <laughs> my second game had to be something with. Trains and stuff, but I wouldn't go so far to, to an 18xx game. So I picked Age of Steam. That's a good choice. You have
0: literally unlimited maps you could play.
4: Yes, yeah. and you have one, You can play one to six players. Yeah, I th- I I think
0: it seems a terrific choice actually.
4: And uh, my third game that uh, maybe some of you would disagree is a negotiation game that oh. I love. No, no. <laughs> No, I knew you was gonna bring either. in John Company. I, I knew. <laughs>
0: and it
4: is a game above about uh, the East uh, India Company, and the name is John Company.
1: Oh man! Look,
0: oh. it's a game that I love. Uh. You have three great games, actually six, but you have three great <laughs> games. But the problem is, don't you ever want to take a break, man? Like, like, don't you ever want to relax? Like, don't you ever want to play Code yeah. Names? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sometimes
4: because these are three very tense games. Yeah, I agree. But when I feel I want tense, to just relax, thinking about it. Play Uno, is it? No, no that's not in your collection. Not in your collection. You should have put that in your. Can, collection. can I go to the internet and play? No, no, not no internet. No. Three. No. What
0: what the the fuck? Fuck? Here's the story. Wait, <laughs> I put leaving? three games in your suitcase, and you were flying somewhere. When you landed, it turns out the world ended. Okay, but you were flew with four, two to six of your friends. No, okay. now you could change the setup. No, no, but there
1: was an apocalypse, and all other games have been there burned. There is
0: no internet.
1: No, <laughs> to in, the in my
4: scenario, you have internet. I mean, you can go to board game arena and play these old. He's such a cheater. That is true. <laughs> like cheater. I don't need to put through the ages. because yeah. like, no, I do board board arena. I don't actually need to
1: build a three-game collection. I, I just said Spy you guys should. I fall
4: in my phone. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> At a restaurant. When
4: other people are dancing. But wh- whoever comes to my house and see my collection. Uh, on the selves. It's just Dominant Species, Aids of
0: Steam, and Zone Combat. I'm going to say that the, if I could pick only three of us that I think had great lists, I would pick Dima, Byron, and me. <laughs> that would be my essential three to
1: <laughs> if I had to it's a pick, Nice try, if if I had to in the in the Okay, top. moving on. Two like- top threes
4: I would pick. My first and second top three. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Two top threes. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for this. Wow. I, it was really exciting. That is it. confidence. I think it's useful and interesting to know the top threes of other people. So uh, for all you listeners, please let us know what your three-game collection would be on our Twitter account at uh, QA, or over, the, uh, over at our BGG Guild. Both these links will be in the episode description.
0: Thank you, Ipo, and thank you guys so much for listening. This brings us to the end of this tabletop session. Please check out our very active Instagram account at Tabletop Sessions. You can reach us through Twitter at TT Sessions QA. Or join the conversation over at our Board Game Geek Guild. And you can find the link to all of these in the episode description. Please take a moment and rate us on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts or on whatever Android Podcast app you're using, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, whatever it is. Any rating really helps us get noticed and we would really appreciate it if you could give us your comments, your feedback, and your rating. We'll be back in three weeks. And until then, to quote one of my favorite writers, God damn it, you got to be kind, see? Bye,
1: guys.
0: Bye, bye, guys.
2: Bye, everyone.
0: I think I'm mixing up my noir accent with my (laughs) mutley and... uh, (laughs) <laughs> True.
4: Table top, table top, table top table top.
0: Table top table top. Table top, table top, table top top. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to join us back in 2 weeks with the next episode. And please take the time if you have it to rate us on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Appreciate you.
4: Table, table top table tabletop, table tabletop, top table table
1: top to how much is this game how much is this game i really need <laughs> to know <laughs> we are terrible cuz i don't know how much okay is this guys game? so